0: Now you know we've been talking these last few days about how to prevent problems from occurring. Every counselor is happy when he can prevent problems. We're not interested in drumming up any more business than we have. The problem is there are too many people already who are hurting in too many ways, and we certainly don't need more people hurting. And one of the things that we're concerned about as Christian counselors, pastors who are working at counseling is trying to keep people from falling into the difficulties in which they so readily fall as sinners. Even those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ are still sinners and they still have problems and they still need to deal with these. Now we who are concerned about prevention have been deeply concerned about teaching children those kinds of practical ways and those practical areas uh, in which they can avoid falling into patterns that that later on become ways of life for them, which as adults and teenagers become very destructive in their own lives and in the lives of their churches and the lives of of, uh, others around them. And, of course, which stultify their Christian growth and keep them from serving Christ as they should. So we want to see some prevention. And we've talked about how to prevent children from uh, uh, falling into blame shifting, from running away from problems, talking to teenagers about the need to communicate, uh, not allowing communication breakdowns to occur. And today we're going to talk about teaching children to confess their sin, to confess their sin, not just simply to assume the responsibility when somebody else catches them at it, as uh, Adam even refused to do when God caught him at it, but to take the initiative when one sins to go to the person whom he has wronged, first to God and then to anyone else who has been wronged, and to confess that sin. Let me read to you what Proverbs 28:13 says about this matter. It says, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses And forsakes them will obtain mercy." Now there's a tremendously important verse, not to conceal sins, it doesn't lead to any kind of prospering in the sight of God or in one's life, but rather to confess and forsake them. That leads to the mercy of God being shed abroad in his life. You know, if you are interested in this subject, looking into it in, in some detail, you might look into three psalms that deal with the question of confession. They are Psalm 32, Psalm 38, and Psalm 51. In these three psalms, David is dealing with his own problems where he has sinned. You remember how he sinned against God in murdering Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, and how he sinned against God in committing adultery with Bathsheba and how he had sinned against Bathsheba also in that act. Well, in these Psalms, he talks about his own struggle over confession. He talks about how easy it was, in the one sense, to hold it all inside, but how hard it was on him when he did it. How hard it was, on the other hand, to confess it, but how easy it was on him when he really did confess it. And throughout the Psalms, he tells us about the utter agony that he endured as he held within him the guilt of his sin and failed to confess it to God and failed to deal with that sin. He talks about that sin acting like a burning arrow that had been stuck in his back as a warrior staggering around with that arrow implanted in his back out on the battlefield. That's how he felt. He talks about this this feeling of misery down inside from unconfessed sin that that made him uh, feel as if he were crushed and his bones were cracking, that they were old and they were crushed by the load and the burden of his sin. He talks about God's hand pushing down on him. It's as if God had raised a huge hand and had covered his head and his whole life with it and was crushing him under its weight. This is how a person feels when he carries sin within and its guilt within and all of its feelings of guilt within. No wonder then that he says to us, don't be like the stubborn mule that has to be dragged someplace or other. That's, he says, how I was. God had to finally send Nathan the prophet around and show me my sin. He had to, to trick me even into confessing my sin. He had to say, you are the man after I had condemned someone else for what I myself had done. And so he talks then about the misery, the guilt, the depression, the despair, the agony, the physical effects even upon the body of sin that is held within unconfessed, and that's in Psalm 32, Psalm 38, and Psalm 51. You ought to read those carefully if you're interested in seeing what David says about it. Indeed, he wrote those Psalms, he says, in order to encourage people not to be like he was. He wrote that Psalm rather to tell them about the blessedness of confessing sin, how happy a person can be in getting the sin confessed before God and dealt with. And then having his sin covered and having it dealt with by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Proverbs again, he who conceals his transgression will not prosper, he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And so in the garden Adam and Eve again uh, dealt with this same problem. The first act of Adam and Eve after they had sinned was to cover up their shame so that when they faced God, they would not have to face him naked and open before his burning eye of conviction. So they made skins or made, made clothes out of, uh, out of the, the leaves of the garden and, and covered themselves with these. And so in God's presence, they tried to hide their shame and hide their sin and cover up what they had done wrong in eating of the forbidden fruit. Only God can truly cover sin. And only God can truly eliminate the feeling of misery that comes from unconfessed sin. And so the truth that he taught Adam and Eve when he gave them the skins instead of the, the, the cover-up of their own was that any human cover-up of sin will not satisfy. It will only bring more fear, more misery, more guilt, more difficulty. That sin must be covered God's way. And sin is covered God's way By the blood of his son Jesus Christ who came into this world to die on the cross in the place of guilty sinners so that those who believe in him who depend upon what he did on that cross will have not only the forgiveness of sin and the assurance of eternal life but continued covering as they confess their sins day by day to God. He is faithful and just the scriptures tell us in 1st John 1 to forgive us Of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's why every young child from the very beginning should be taught to confess his sin to God and then go and confess it to others the misery of holding it in is far too much for a child as well as for an adult to bear and so at an early age encourage your children to go to prayer uh, with God uh, and to talk to others about what they have done wrong and to straighten out matters quickly rather than holding in the misery of their guilt lord help us to know how to instruct our children help us to do this faithfully day by day and year by year it is so hard for us to instruct them because we often find it hard ourselves to confess our sins and yet lord teach us the truth of proverbs 28:13 that when we conceal our transgressions, we do not prosper, but when we confess and forsake them, that you will give us great mercy and grace. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.